Well, hey there, men. Welcome to the very first episode of the Pursue God Men's Podcast. I'm Pastor Brian Dwyer, joined with host Pastor John Bellis. And uh, every every couple weeks, John and I will publish a new episode. We'll have guests on this podcast. And everything we're doing here is about helping you to discover and experience and be equipped for and resourced for what we call biblical manhood. This is all about calling men to be men. And in this first episode, John and I just want to walk through kind of the men's resources at PursueGod.org. If if you've never seen that before, you'll want to check that out, PursueGod.org forward slash men. And these resources are full of conversation starters for men's groups, for one-on-one discipleship. They're great for you and your son to have conversations, to begin talking about discipleship and we're going to get into all of the details, the nitty-gritty of the men's resources here in just a little bit. But John, I think we should probably start by challenging men, and we're going to be doing this a lot in this podcast, challenging men to lead, to step up and lead. And when I say men, I'm talking about men and young men as well. We're going to be talking to men of all ages. But if you're a guy, you have a calling on your life to lead. And sadly, the church is filled with guys who are failing to step up, whether it be at home, at church, or in society. And John, I know you're passionate about this because you are a man's man, and you love to hunt and hike, and you like camp out in sub-zero weather. So you're a better man than I am. But I, I think more than anything is you love Jesus, and you have a passion for challenging men to step up and be a man. I think this is an area, Brian, I do have a passion about it because I see so many guys tend to to fall to one side of the spectrum or the other. So the one side of the spectrum would be what I would call passivity, where they don't lead at all. Or the other side is they lead tyrannically, right? They're, they're a tyrant in their home. They're a tyrant with their wife and their children. And when we look at this model of biblical manhood and leadership, we look to Jesus, who is a servant leader. So yeah, I am excited. I'm excited about this topic. I'm excited about the podcast, and hopefully we can pass along biblical truth to men and, and help them lead more effectively, as you mentioned, in all three areas, in their home, in the church, and in society in general. Yeah, Deuteronomy 6 is a is a passage we'll probably cover a lot in this podcast. It's pretty foundational for men. If Men, if you've never heard this before, I want to read it for you, and then we want to apply it to you. This is Moses. This is after their 40 years in the desert, and Moses is giving the Israelites this final pep talk before they enter the promised land. So it really is a good metaphor for men getting ready to lead in their homes or in societies. And and here's what Moses said. It says, he said, these are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. He had just given them the Ten Commandments. And he says, or actually, had just, he had just sort of recapped the Ten Commandments. He had given, him, given the commandments to the people earlier in the, in the wilderness experience, but now he's about ready to, um, I mean, this is kind of his, his last words to these guys, right? And he says, you must obey these commandments in the land you're about to enter and occupy. And he says, you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all these decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey, and then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And John, I think probably people need to, men need to recognize who Moses is talking to here in kind of this final little pep talk. Absolutely. He didn't single out the priests to have this conversation, right? He wasn't just talking to the religious leaders of the day. He was speaking to parents and grandparents, and and I would say there's even a level of responsibility on fathers and grandfathers, even more than moms and grandmothers. Now, that certainly they are, you know, they are called to help help their children know God's truth, but but really we as men should have primary responsibility. And I, I would just even encourage our listeners to think about their story growing up. You know, who took the lead in your home in talking to you about Jesus if if either parent did? You know, who took the lead in making sure you went to church? Who who took the lead in praying with you? And I would bet for the majority of our listeners, it would be their moms, 
which I think is a a sad indictment on on biblical manhood, particularly in America. Yeah, look, nothing against moms, nothing against women. We love women, and we think women are very important. Moms are very important in the home. So as we speak about biblical manhood over the years, over the months and years ahead on this podcast, we're not trying to sort of denigrate women or the place of women. We're just trying to raise up men. We're just trying to challenge men to step up and be a man. And so, you know, again, if you've got some sensitivities in this area and you and you feel offended by that, we apologize. We're not trying to offend. We're just trying to call men to step up and be men. I think, John, a lot of times the reason women have to lead is because men aren't leading. And and we're, we'll talk about this at fu- in future episodes, and some of it will be a little controversial, I guess, but we uh, just full disclosure we believe that men should be the spiritual leaders of their home and in the absence of male leadership women have to step up and i don't think that's god's best plan for the home right and and thank thank the lord for all those women who have stepped up as you said Brian when there's been an absence of of male leadership within the home but God's design. God gave us an order, and I would say specifically for leadership in the home and the church. Although you and I want men to step up and lead in culture, I don't, I don't think there is a specific calling, let's say civically, for men to lead. You know, I, I think it's perfectly biblical for a woman to be in a position of leadership. You know, in your in your state government, even national government, local government, in corporations, etc. But I think in the church and in the home specifically, as you pointed out, God has given us an order of leadership. And hey, I'll just be the first to admit, as a broken man, sometimes I wish that wasn't the order. <laughs> sometimes I wish God's calling wasn't for the man to, to step up and lead in the home and the church, but, but that's, that's what the Bible teaches. Yeah. In fact, let's go back to Deuteronomy 6. It says in verse 4, so we, we already read... Moses' initial words in verses 1 through 3, but then in verse 4, he says this, listen, and this is a really famous part of, of Scripture for, especially for Jewish people over the millennia. This is called the Shema. It's, he says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So Jesus quotes this later on, pretty famous passage pretty foundational. It's kind of like the Pledge of Allegiance for the Jewish family. I'll read it again. The Lord is one, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So he's, he's Moses is calling parents and grandparents to remember this. It's kind of like a, really sort of a summary of the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments are all about loving God and putting God first, and then, and then, of course, how that impacts the way you relate to people. But then he says this, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Remember, John, he's saying this to dads and, grandparents and grandfathers, and he's saying, repeat these commandments again and again with your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. So this is, I mean, this is thousands of years old, but it still applies to men today, to dads today, to small group leaders, to men's leaders today, to men in the church today, is you have to be engaged, is what he's saying. You need to engage with your kids. And I think it extends to more than your kids. But you need to engage with people and you need to talk with them about the stuff that really matters. You need to talk with them about biblical values and that's really what the Pursue God resources are all about. Yeah, two things really jump out at me. One is the order. He reminds the dads and the granddads, you've got to commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands, right? Kids aren't dummies. <laughs> if, we're, if we're hypocritical, if we're you know, teaching them, but we're not honoring them ourselves, they're going to pick up on that so fast. And then the second word that jumps out at me is intentionality. You know, you mentioned engaging, but just we need to be intentional. We, we don't get these long periods of time where we're off duty as a dad or as a granddad. So he talks about being intentional at home, on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Are, are you and I as men, are we looking for opportunities? You know, my son and I, you, you mentioned, Brian, I like to hunt. I just took my son out on a rabbit hunt 
last Saturday. And, and I knew going into that, he and I were going to have four or five hours of alone time. And so I, I prayed through and I thought through the kinds of questions I wanted to ask him. He's 19. He's, he's in a period of his life where he's, he's kind of floundering a little bit, not exactly sure where God's leading him. And I knew that was going to be a golden opportunity for us to have these kind of conversations. So just, just being intentional about those opportunities, I think is so important. Well, we'll, again, we'll talk about how you can use the resources to be intentional with your sons, fathers, with your men's group, um, with maybe a young man at church that you feel called to disciple. I mean, that the Pursue God tools are perfect for all of the above, and we're going to get to that. We're gonna, we want to end this episode by getting really practical about this, but I think before we do that, John, it might be good to talk about mature masculinity. We've got a topic in the men's resources, and we'll do a full episode on this later on in the year. But for now, I I thought this would be really good to kind of give people a sampling of the kinds of content we have at PursueGod.org on the men's page. But in particular, I think the information here is really good. Five, the topic is called Five Marks of Mature Masculinity. And John, let's just kind of cover these points real quick before we get into how to use the Pursue God tools. So number one, Mature masculinity doesn't initiate every action, but it feels the responsibility to provide a general pattern of initiative. I think this is good for guys to recognize is your wife might even be a little bit more spiritual than you are, or maybe her personality is she's she's more more of an initiator, whatever that happens sometimes, but you still have, if you're the man, mature masculinity means that you should have a responsibility to provide the general pattern of initiative. I think that's important for guys to hear. I really don't want to go too quickly on this one because we're not saying that that you lead in every single detail of your household, right? We're not saying that your wife isn't capable of of taking the lead in certain aspects of raising the children, of of even finances, you know, you know, we, we tend to break down roles, I think, but if, if you have a wife who is just better with the figures and the numbers than you are, it's okay to let her lead in the, in the bookkeeping and in the budget setting, but she's not doing that in a vacuum. Like you are setting the tone for that in your household. You are talking with your wife about that. You guys are coming to those decisions and, and in a situation where maybe you, you have a slightly different perspective, if you've both really sought God about it and, and you just can't come to an agreement, I believe God has called the man to take the lead in that situation. Okay, number two, mature masculinity, mature masculinity does not assume the authority of Christ over others, but it advocates for it. Right, John? I mean, the last thing we need in the church or even in society is more men who think that it's all about them. Again, I go back to our model, Brian, of, of Jesus and how he led. He was such a servant. Uh, he didn't force people to follow him. He called people to follow him. And, and as men, as we lead well by serving others, you know, we, we, we look for opportunities to lead. You know, we advocate for it, as we mentioned in the point, uh, but we don't force it. Number three, mature masculinity grows out of love, not out of self-assertion. Too many men lead from a place of insecurity. And when you do that, you you end up promoting yourself instead of leading from a place of love for others. Yeah, I think that's why our identity in Christ as men is, is so important. If I don't know who I am in Christ, if I don't recognize the value that he's placed on me, not because I'm so great, but because he's so great, you know, because of who created me, then, then I'm always trying to fill that need of, of edification, you know, the, the attaboys in the way that I lead. And, and when I recognize what the God of the universe thinks about me and how he sees me through the blood of Jesus— I don't have to do that. I Again, I can lead like Jesus led. You know, Jesus left the comforts of heaven. He didn't consider equality with God as something to be held on to, but he came down and he became a servant and he went to the cross for us. That's how he led. 
So that gives me a model of how I need to yeah, lead. Yeah, that's the fourth mark of mature masculinity is that it expresses itself not in the demand to be served, but in the strength to serve others. So really that connection with Christ, that connection with the vine helps us to to lead out of love, which means necessarily that we're going to lead, we're going to serve, we're going to be servant leaders. It's they, It always goes hand in hand being a servant leader, at least if you're trying to lead like Jesus. And then the fifth mark, John, is that mature masculinity recognizes that the call to leadership is a call to sacrifice, right? So biblical manhood always ends up in the same place that Jesus, where Jesus ended up, which is on the altar of sacrifice. I think there's something that resonates about that in, in our manhood. You know, you hear a statement like that, and there's a part of you, the, the, what I would call the fleshly part, the selfish part, that goes, that's just not right. That's just not fair. But I think there's something deep within our soul that when we hear that, we're like, yeah, that's, that's how it is. I, I'm called to sacrifice. You know, I think often of Ephesians 5, where husbands in particular, since we're talking to the men today, are called to love their wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Like that's my daily, you know, my my daily reminder when I sense tension or conflict in my marriage is, wait a minute, as the man, even though, you know, that, that passage gets into talking about how my wife should submit to my leadership, the first call is to me, like I need to give up my life for her like Christ did the church. So guys, if you want to talk more about that particular topic, again, it's called Five Marks of Mature Masculinity. There's You can find that at PursueGod.org forward slash men, and we're going to cover that in its own episode later on this year. We'll make sure to do that. There's so much to unpack there, you know, to go back into the description. We'll do that later. But But for now, for this first episode of our podcast, we really want to make sure that we explain to you as a guy, if you're listening to this, we want to make sure that you know, how do I use this with my son? How do I use this with a men's group at church or my men's ministry? How do I use this to disciple a, a young man at church or or to disciple a friend at work or whatever? So we want to we want to really spend the rest of our time in this episode talking about, first of all, something we call the flex method. And then secondly, what we call something we call the three E's of pursue God disciple making. So John, let's start with the flex method. F-L-E-X. We're not talking about flexing your muscles as a man. We're talking about the F stands for find a topic on our site. So again, there are there are resources for men. There's stuff for marriage. There's stuff for Bible and Bible study. There's stuff, I mean, there's if you if you search topics at pursuegod.org, there are thousands of topics on in all kinds of categories. And so first of all, number one, step number one is you find a topic. Step number two is the L, so F-L-E-X. So find a topic. L is you learn about it ahead of time. And John, this one's really important, and I'll let you explain this here in a second, but learning about it ahead of time is crucial to the method, especially for men and young men. And we'll explain why here in a second. And then the E-X is where you finally come together to explore it in conversation. So you find a topic. You learn about it ahead of time, and you explore it in conversation. So, John, let's talk for a second about the importance of the resources for that, because every one of our topics on the site has either a podcast top or you know a podcast link like like what we're doing right here. Right, all of the men's podcast episodes are going to end up as a conversation starter on PursueGod.org. So there's podcast topics, and there's also, in, for a lot of the content, there's shorter videos as well. So there's long-form audio with podcast and or shorter-form video. And what is the value, John, because you've used this for years, what is the value of sending it out ahead of time, sending a topic out ahead of time before you show up to have the conversation? Well, I'm going to... I'm going to break it down into a couple of reasons. Let's talk about first maybe someone in your life that is not a follower of Christ yet. I, I think many of us know if I called my buddies up who who hunt with me or guys who used to coach with me and said, hey, I want to talk to you about John chapter 3, there'd probably be a little bit of an awkward silence. But all of those guys are dads. All of those guys are husbands. All of those guys face financial pressure. So if I were to say, hey, I just watched this great eight-minute video on 
how to manage your money well, or I just listened to this fantastic podcast on how to be a better husband, the majority of those guys would say, yeah, send it to me. I'd love to check it out. So, so the F, to find a topic, we're, we're so blessed to have so many different topics in the library. I, uh, I was fortunate, Brian, to have a, a young man who I've been mentoring now for about nine months. He and his wife, uh, he just put his faith in Christ on, on Tuesday night. And as I was looking back at how we started the relationship, he and I and his wife first started meeting because they had some marital tension, they had some conflict in their marriage. So we spent uh, probably the first three months of our conversations were all centered around marriage topics. We did marriage basics. Uh, you know, we did communication topics in marriage. We did how to not be selfish. And it, and it was really neat to see God working in their marriage and, and things were improving. And then they said, hey, we also have two young kids. One is, I think one is seven, one is five. We, we could use some help parenting. So we did some parenting topics. And then we got into spiritual topics. We, we took them through the pursuit, which is kind of the flagship series here at Pursue God. I took them through the pursuit. Then I did a couple of episodes of systematic theology with them. And then Tuesday night, we were all set to do lesson three in systematic theology. And he said, hey, can I, can I just ask you some questions about Ephesians instead tonight? And I thought, oh, here we go. We're going to go Ephesians 1. It's going to be about predestination and election. And he goes, man, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I read it, and he started getting emotional. He said, that's me. Like, that's me. I was a child of darkness. Now I'm, or I was a child of wrath. Excuse me. Now I'm a child of God. And it's all because of grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So, so we, the value of all these topics we have at Pursue God I'm just thankful every day to the Lord uh, for for what we have access to, and then the learn ahead of uh, or learn about it ahead of time. If you really want to have substantive conversations with the people you're mentoring, I just think it's so important to to watch the video or listen to the podcast ahead of time, so that you can be processing it. You can read the scripture that's attached. You know, every conversation on pursue God, we're not just we're not just giving our opinion. It's not, you know, it's not the Brian show. It's not the John show. It's what does God's word have to say about this topic? And so it's going to give you an opportunity to, to read through the scriptures attached to the topic, to read them in context so that you're going to have a more effective conversation when you get to the explore part. Yeah. Think about, you know, some of you listeners out there might be a part of a men's group or you've been in small groups before. Think about how a typical small group works. A lot of times you show up to the small group and then the teacher's there saying, here's what we're going to teach. Here's what we're teaching today. This, John, this is actually how sermons work, right? You show up to church and you're just, you're like completely unprepared. The, the, the teacher's prepared, but you're totally unprepared. So you're, I like to think of it like this. You're kind of like back on your heels, learning this information for the very first time. So you're kind of having to process it, take it in, think about it. You might have some questions about it. Of course, in a sermon, you can't ask the questions, but in a small group, you might be able to ask the questions. But either way, small group or Sunday school class or, or sermon, the typical way that we do this in church is so unhelpful. It really is. Like It's all about the, the teacher separating him or herself from the students. It's all about the teacher sort of doing all the work, all the prep, doing all the thinking about it. And, and then by the time the, the, the person who's listening or who's participating shows up, they, they don't even really get to be much of a part of it. And then they go home and maybe they think about it some more, but then they come back next week and we're on to the next topic. And so that is, that's why we created the flex method. The flex method flips that whole thing on its head. It's, it's kind of like what in the, in the schools, in the education system, they call flipping the classroom. You know, the best teachers now, they actually, I used to be a, teach, a math teacher, the, the best teachers now, they, they, set, they allow the students to go home and watch the lectures or learn the lesson on their own at home. And then when they come to the classroom, they can do homework with the teacher, and that's so much more helpful for them 
Because the because at home the student can if they need to learn the if they need to watch the lesson five times they can watch it five times because everybody learns a little bit differently, right? So they can listen, listen, watch, 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 and and then by the time they come to the classroom they can actually work on work on homework together, have conversations about it, talk about it. Whereas in the typical in the typical classroom, and this is true in a small group too, or even at church. People, learners are at different levels at different stages, and so you're li- sitting there learning. Some people might be getting it right away, and they want to talk about it right away. Some people might still be stuck back on what you said in verse one, and they're and now they're the rest of the time is lost on them. And so again, that's the beauty of the flex method is if you send it out ahead of time. And guys, trust me, if you if you do this a few times, guys are going to do the homework. Because the homework is just listening to the podcast or watching the short video real quick. It's not like they have to take a deep dive. But John, what I've experienced is is more than once, it's really cool, is that I'll come to a, a mentoring conversation with somebody and they and I said, did you listen to the podcast? And they'll say, I listened to it three times. I had to listen to it three times to understand it. And then what happens is when you come for the conversation and we have discussion questions for all of our topics online. So it's simple discussion questions. You can use the ones you want to use. You can bring your own if you want. They're just suggestions. But man, once you come to the conversation with people ready to talk about it, it takes all this pressure off of you as a small group leader, as a men's group leader, because people have prepped, not just you. You're not the only one who's prepped for it. And in fact, you don't even have to show up and present the conver- present the topic. You don't have to teach because the teaching's already done. Now you can if you want to. You can go over the talking points real quick or have somebody go over them or watch the short video or whatever, but you don't even have to if everybody comes ready for the conversation. Now you're just jumping into the conversation and really exploring the topic together. And that's the whole beauty of the flex method. Yeah, we use the flex method every Thursday morning for a men's group that I lead. Uh, we're, we're following along with the sermon from the previous Sunday, and that that small group video has been posted so all the men in the group can watch the video before they come. Now, we still play it on Thursday mornings because we just recognize there's probably one <laughs> or maybe two guys out of the group that just had a busy week and didn't get to it, and we don't want them in the dark. But But I can clearly tell on a Thursday when the majority of the guys have watched the video ahead of time the conversation's more robust, the questions are better, you know, we, we just get into better conversations. So so that learning step, doing it ahead of time, is a big benefit for your one-on-one mentoring or your small group. Yeah, and I want to just make a little note for you men who might be using this in men's group. If you prefer to show a video, um, fair warning, a lot of our men's content is only going to have a podcast. And so you won't always have a video, a short video option. You'll, you'll have a longer, you know, 30 to 45 minute podcast option. And so what I would encourage you to do in that setting, and we'll do more content on this later in our training, but what I would encourage you men to do in that setting is just maybe there's always the, the talking points, summary little talking points there is just you in, in lieu of a video, you can just talk through the talking points in three to five minutes and that really essentially is a video or even assign somebody to kind of lead the conversation, which might mean that you just give a quick little three to five minute summary, just reading through those talking points. Again, you're not trying to get into great detail because that's going to come out in the conversation. So essentially reading the talking points is the same thing as watching the video. And John, if I had my druthers, we wouldn't have any videos on the men's content because I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather challenge men in the men's group setting to to do the little summary talking points themselves because it really does it challenges you instead of just kind of sitting back watch, eating popcorn and watching a video watching one of us do it yeah again it gives us an opportunity for for men to step up and lead right which is how we started this podcast that men are called to lead and so i agree i'm i'm excited you know, we've We've had more video content previously, and, and we're moving more towards the, the podcast content, as you mentioned, and I'm excited to see how guys take and run with it. Okay, so that's the flex method, and John, I thought with the time that we have left on this first episode, I think it's important for us to go over the three E's. This is all about how to make disciples. So we have these, 
what we call the three E's. It's a process that you can repeat over and over. In fact, John, you already basically described the process with this young guy and this young couple that you've been mentoring over these months. And so let's use that as, a, as our example. Let's go back to that example. And you and I have discipled many people using this simple 3E process for how to make disciples with the Pursue God tool. So this is true for men's ministry. This is Men, you can use this for your sons, to disciple your sons. You can use this to disciple your wife, your kids, your daughters. You can use this in small groups. You can use this in one-on-one discipling at any level. And of course, we're talking specifically about how to use this for discipling men and boys. But it's just really simple. You know, we need, men especially, need it to be simple. We're cavemen. Jesus called fishermen to do it. And so that's encouraging to us. And this is the the way that you can make disciples uh, at PursueGod.org. And by the way, incidentally, this is topic, what we're about ready to say here, you can find it, it's called How to Make Disciples, you can find it in topic 11 in our 12-topic flagship series called The Pursuit, and we'll explain that a little bit more in just a second. But here are the three E's. Number one, you engage. Number two, you establish. And number three, you empower. So, John, let's talk about engaging. What do, what do we mean, and how did you engage this couple? I mean, tell us the story again. How did you engage them with the Pursue God resources? Well, when you're engaging with someone, keep in mind, discipleship is really relationship. So so how can I meet a need in that person's life? Where do they need help? How can I bring value? How can I you know, bring encouragement? So for this particular couple, when we first met, I knew their felt need, because they shared this with me, was their marriage. And so we, we started out with just doing the, the Marriage Basics series at PursueGod.org. Fantastic series. It's a three-week series. And so we went through that together, and then we continued to dig into some other topics related to marriage. We, we talked a lot about communication topics. That was one of the issues in their relationship. Uh, one of the individuals is a nonverbal processor. There was a verbal processor. And for, for guys listening who maybe you can relate to that, you and your wife are opposite on that spectrum and the tension that can create. So that, that's where we started. It, it was a topic that I knew was important to them. Now, obviously, even from the beginning, I wanted to talk about Jesus. And, you know, I wanted to talk about sin and salvation and, and the things that, that we know as believers ultimately are important, but they weren't ready for that. They, they had a felt need when we first met that I knew I needed to address first, and then that also was going to give us an opportunity to build trust, right? They, I was able to build trust with them. They knew that I really cared about them. I cared about their marriage. They weren't just a target that I had to try and, and get them on the Jesus train, right? Yeah, so you want to ask, if, if you're trying to engage someone, even men, if you're thinking about discipling your son, your junior high or high school son, ask yourself the question, what kinds of conversation does he want to have? Is there a topic that they want to talk about? Not that you want to talk about. You're not trying to force your truth down their throat. You're trying to meet them where they are. You're trying to engage them in an area of conversation that they're ready for. Again, it might not even be spiritual. There's tons of content at PursueGod.org that's not super, super spiritual. And th- those are great topics to start with. And here's why. You know, Paul said, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 2. He said, people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. And so... That's such a good concept to remember. You know, some of you are listening to this saying, I can't make disciples because I'm not the guy that, that you know, goes out there and, and shares my faith with everybody. Well, guess what? You don't actually have to be just yet. You just have to be someone who cares about someone enough to engage them and put yourself in the position and put them in the position to be interested in spiritual things like your story, John, because it... Because this guy you mentioned is at some point, what was it, a few months you said that you were meeting with them? And then all of a sudden, he was ready. It's like his spiritual eyes were open, and he was ready to have a spiritual conversation. Totally. And we, we've had some spiritual conversations peppered in throughout our time together. 
but again, I didn't, I didn't rush into that. And even, again, I want to make sure we're clear, guys, even the marriage basics is based on God's word. So when we say, you know, they're not ready for the spiritual conversations, we're not saying that, that we're looking at things from a secular perspective. So even the marriage basic series is all rooted in scripture. So I just want to make sure everybody understands that when we, when we say, hey, they're not ready for the spiritual part, we're imparting God's truth to them from the very beginning. Right, but we're doing it in a way that recognizes that people are at different places in their journey. And you'll, you'll see that as you, as you begin to explore the resources that pursue God. Some of it is pretty hard-hitting, like you mentioned, systematic theology. Like, that's not one you want to bring probably your junior high boy through right away. You might be interested right. in it. It might be great for your men's group at church, but maybe for your junior high son, it would be better to talk about you know, one of the student topics about using cell phones or making friends or insecurity, things like that. Again, we're not, I think one of the biggest mistakes that, that Christian dads can make, John, is they're, they're so spiritual in the way they talk to their sons that their sons just don't find any connection to that. They're, you know, their sons might not quite be ready for that. And so I, this, is, this is learning how to be empathetic. This is learning how to show a little bit of pathos. Like, I want to really, really put myself in their shoes. I want to try to think back to when I was a junior high boy or a high school boy. And I don't want to like, be so spiritual about every conversation that, that my kid only talks to me about Bible stuff, but then talks to his friends about life stuff. That's the worst thing that could happen. We want to be accessible and approachable so our kids will want to talk about life stuff with us, not just Bible stuff, because it's, it's all Bible stuff, but our kids might not know it because we're using too much, we're cramming too much spiritual information into our kids rather than peppering the life conversations with some spiritual truths, right, as much as far as they can handle it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And then as our particularly our young man. So I, you know, I spent, I remember one semester of my son Andrew's high school career every Thursday morning on the drive to school, instead of him driving, I would, I would drive him one day. Well, we would, he would still drive anyway. We'd meet at McDonald's and, and we'd just have breakfast and, and we would go through a conversation. We'd go through a topic and the first three or four weeks, I, I always had to pick those topics, but once he got used to it and once he got used to kind of the format, then I would turn that over to him and I would say, Hey buddy, you know, you pick what you want to talk about for this coming week. And I would say, Brian, it was probably a three to one ratio life and, and family topics over what we might call a faith topic. Yeah. I remember with when my son was in junior high, that's what I would do. We would, we would, uh, we would, you know, go to basketball practice, and I would tell him ahead of time, hey, pick a topic out for the ride over. We had a 30-minute, 20-minute, 30-minute ride. Pick a topic, and we'll listen to the video together, and we'll just have a little convo about it. But you pick the topic, right? And so he would go to the student section at Pursue God, and he would, I remember that one of the first topics he picked was a topic about sex. And I thought, okay, perfect, because I know those are hard conversations for dads to have. And again, it takes a little bit of the pressure off because the talking points are there, the video's there. You can la kind of laugh at the video together, whatever, you know, awkwardly laugh at the video together. We had a, a really good, simple, meaningful conversation about sex that day on the way to basketball practice. Three months later, I said, hey, we're going to basketball practice. Pick a topic and let's have a little combo on the way over. And he sheepishly picked the same exact topic. He said, can we do that topic again? And I said, well, sure, of course. See, what had happened is he had learned some additional information from his friends about the topic, and he had a few more questions. And so it was great that we were able, you know, using that method where, you know, we say the F is find a topic, but you don't have to find it. They can find it as well, right? And so I let him take some ownership, and, and we had an even more enlightening conversation about sex on that drive to basketball practice. What a blessing. I mean, just as you share that, Brian, how many dads, and I know, I know that, that conversation in particular, I know it can be rough, but guys, 
Don't you want your son coming to you with those questions instead of going to his buddies or the internet or whatever sources, because he's not going to hear truth from them. But you as his father, you as a follower of Christ who, who loves the Lord and loves your boy, you're going to shoot straight with him. You're going to give him truth. You're going to base it in God's word and and the conversations to help you do that. I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and I want to just even say to young men listening to this, you know, maybe you're listening to this as a young man or as a son, and your dad, you would love for your dad to do this. You would love to, you know, you'd love for your dad to disciple you. You you can invite your dad, hey, dad, let's do this together. You, you Your dad doesn't have to take the lead. You can take the lead. Or maybe a, a young man out there, and we're going we're gonna to spend some time talking to young men in the next few episodes, but to a young man out there, you know, if you if the older men in your church haven't clued in yet, it's easy for them to disciple you, even if it's not their idea. So you might have to go find a discipler, find a a guy in your church that you can trust, that you respect, and say, hey, would you would you do this? Let's learn this together, but would you do this with me? Would you would you mentor me? Would you disciple me? I I need someone to invest in me. So you you can you can initiate discipleship even if you're gonna be the mentee, not the mentor. Okay, so check out the resources. Step number one is engage. And again, check out, if you're new to Pursue God, check out, we've got uh, in the category section, we've got life, faith and life, we have marriage and parenting, we have women and men, student and kids, we've got stuff on addiction recovery, we've got a whole page even on unveiling Mormonism and more resources and categories to come over the years. But that's step number one, is you engage someone on a topic that's interesting to them or a series that's interesting to them. And then, John, at some point, and it might be two weeks in, it might be two years in, at some point, you can move on to step number two. And this is where we say to establish someone in the Christian faith. And we have a really important series. We've already mentioned it. We have a really important series for that. It's called The Pursuit you can find it at pursuegod.org forward slash go, and it's a 12-part series to establish people in the basic, the basics of Christianity. John, explain this to us. Walk us through what the pursuit is. So the pursuit takes really the, the fundamentals of Christianity, of God's heart for people, the reality of sin, the reality that we're broken and separated from him salvation, how do we come back into right relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the cross? And then once we've done that, sanctification. And we, we talk about full circle followers of Jesus throughout that series. And we believe those, those three steps are that we begin a relationship with God by trusting Jesus. Once we've done that, we, we live to honor God. And then lastly, we mature by helping others. And so those 12 parts, that 12 lesson series is going to get into each and every one of those topics, and it really will help establish them in the faith. They're going to know coming out of that series what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, what it means to go full circle in their faith. And as you mentioned, Brian, you may lead off with that. I have a lady at our church who wanted to get connected to a mentor, and, and she wanted to jump right into the spiritual things just in the last week, and it, it was really neat. I, I was kind of closing down the church on a Sunday afternoon, and two of the ladies who had agreed to mentor this this young lady were in one of our classrooms, and I could tell they were going through conversation number one in the pursuit. That's where they let off because that was her desire. The, the person they were mentoring wanted to start there. So I mentioned my example with the couple where we started with marriage stuff. I would say it's it's more likely you'll start with other series than the pursuit in most of your mentoring relationships. But sometimes you're going to have the opportunity to just jump right into the pursuit. The biggest thing to me is obviously let the Holy Spirit lead you on the timing of that. Pray about it. You know, ask God when he thinks it's the right time, or I should say when he knows it's the right time. For you to invite that individual to jump into the pursuit with you. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, being a spiritual midwife. This maybe seems like a weird 
metaphor to use on a men's podcast, but you know, uh, my understanding of a midwife is if if your wife is pregnant, the midwife then is comes alongside your wife and helps helps her during the pregnancy to know when she's ready, when she's ready to give birth. And I think spiritually, that's what we're doing as disciplers, is we engage them for a while, but you really have to be praying about it, paying attention to some of the conversations, some of the things that that person is saying, and maybe even just say, hey, if just, just know that at some point, I want to help you become a follower of Jesus, and when, when you're ready for that, we'll go through the pursuit together. And you're right, John, it might be, it might be right away. It, you, know, you might engage that person for one week. And now all of a sudden you're moving on to the second E and you're going to establish them and go through the pursuit together. I did this with Tracy, my wife and I did this with a couple we started discipling about a month and a half ago coming out of the Mormon church. And we, we initially thought that we would just, you know, spend some time talking about Mormonism and their past and the questions they might have and whatever else. It was clear to us after the first time we met with them, these guys are ready, hungry to go through the pursuit and so we brought them, started bringing them through the pursuit. And by the time we got to topic six, topic six is where you can lead someone to faith. They were so ready to put their faith in Jesus. So they became Christians. This was just last week. They prayed a prayer of salvation just last week. It was super powerful. And then just this, just yesterday or just two nights ago, we had, we covered topic seven with them, which is all about baptism and they're excited about getting baptized, so we'll, we're going to be scheduling their baptism in the next few weeks at church. And so, again, that's what the pursuit is all about. It's just a really simple um, 12-part series all about how to become a follower of Jesus. And so it spends a few weeks giving some introduction about who God is and his heart for people and why the Bible's important. Spends a few weeks talking about that first arrow, John, that you mentioned about trusting Jesus. So we talk about sin and Jesus and salvation. And then it spends a few weeks talking about what you called sanctification, John, or honoring God. So we talk about spiritual disciplines and baptism and those kinds of things. And then the last few topics um, are topics that cover that third arrow in the circle, which is how to make disciples which is what we're talking about right here. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, this much of what we're talking about right, right now is actually topic 11, the second to last topic in the pursuit, because we want to make sure that everyone we're discipling, we're not just engaging them, we're not just establishing them in the Christian faith, but we want to make sure that we're doing this third E, this third thing. We want to make sure that we're empowering them to go make disciples. So the goal, John, is by the time you're done with the pursuit with someone, by the time you're done with topics 10, 11, and 12, they're actually ready, they're prepped and ready to go out and make disciples. And that's the third step is you empower them. Once you finish the pursuit, technically now they're qualified to go out there and make disciples. And that empower step, Brian, I want to speak to something real quickly in case some of our listeners are wondering, well, what if what if the person I'm mentoring is already a Christian? Would I still want to take them through the pursuit? Absolutely. First off, it, it's always helpful to go back and review the basics. You know, the best football teams block and tackle better than everybody else. I mean, consistently, you just you do the, the foundational things better than anyone else. But it also is going to equip them. It's going to empower them, that, that step three, empower to go out and make other disciples because – my experience, your experience, Brian, in, in the American church in particular, very few Christians have ever really been empowered to go out and make the next disciple maker. So that's the beautiful thing about the pursuit is, is giving them very practical tools, modeling for them what it's going to look like for them to go out and then help the next person pursue God. Yeah, Paul said it like this to one of his mentees, Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. He says, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now you teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. This is what we call generational discipleship. And I think it was happening in the early church, and it just doesn't happen that much anymore in church or in the Christian community. And that's what we're trying to change with the Pursue God resources. Look at how many generations are in this one verse. 
there's five of them. Count with me. He says, you have heard me teach. Okay, so so Paul is one of the generations. Timothy is, is his next generation. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. So there was a generation before Paul, right? That's three. He says, now you teach these truths to other trustworthy people. That's a fourth generation. Who will be able to pass them on to others? That's a fifth generation. So look, we have five generations in this one simple verse, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2, and this is what we want to make happen with the resources at PursueGod.org. And men, this is for you to use. There's no charge. There's no cost. There's no paywall. You're welcome to donate. We encourage donations to pursue God so we continue to grow the resources, but it is all free. And we did that on purpose because we want men, women, boys, girls, we want everyone to use the Pursue God resources to go out and make disciples. Men, you can use these resources in your family with your sons. You can use them in your men's groups, in your men's ministry at church. It's so simple. So check it out now, pursuegod.org forward slash men. This is one of the conversations you can have. In fact, this is probably the best first conversation to have, the first, the best first topic to cover if you want to bring these resources into your men's ministry at church. Start with this topic, and you'll see how simple it is to have a conversation about something like this. But then we encourage you to use the other resources at pursuegod.org slash men. And also, one more thing, we really encourage you to make sure to follow this podcast because we'll be coming out with topics probably every other week, maybe sometimes every week. And then whenever we come out with a topic on the on the Pursue God podcast, men's podcast, then you can also find that same topic at pursuegod.org forward slash men, complete with talking points, discussion questions, and all that kind of stuff. So guys... Go out there and make disciples. Jesus wants you to. He's called you to be a leader in your home, in your church, even in your society, and you can do it. It's super simple to do it with the resources at pursuegod.org forward slash men.